Yeah, I might go crazy. I might go MJ back in the 80s, back in the 90s. I might go off, or they better not try me. It might get dicey. I ain't trying to go back to the old me. I'm trying to hang on like my mama told me. Sometimes legs get weak and your arms give out and you sink to the bottom slowly. A grown man wishing that somebody hold me. Never knew my daddy, so nobody showed me. Taught me how to walk through the storm when your heart feel heavy and it's hard and you feeling lonely. Low key, high priest got the keys to the kingdom. High key, low enough to bring him, and I need all of what he bringing. I might go off the deep end, I just need another reason. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been doing better than I was before. I walk with the limp, cause I've been wrestling with the Holy Ghost. Deep in dirty spit, but still somehow I keep on floating. Oh, thought I lost my grip, but God reminded me it's holy. Oh, 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 I've been trying family, not to doing, go the deep end. All right, man. How about you? All's well, family. Thank you for being with me on the call, brother. No problem, man. It's been a minute since I've seen you, man. I've it's been all good, man. After it. No all worries right. at all, bro. So all usually right. people come in sporadically throughout the hour, man. And so mm -hmm. this can definitely take advantage of this, man. It's one-on-one -on -one today so far. And usually what we do with these Zoom calls is whatever questions you have, about anything, about purpose, life, relationships, whatever it is, man, I take this opportunity to uh, pour into those who are pouring into me as we both uh, pursue the, the calling of God in our lives, man. So I'll open up the floor, man, and, and see what you have on your heart, family. I do. Um, so I got two questions, um, pretty dense. So the first one, first one, uh, I wrote it down here. So this is what I wrote here for that one. I said, so right now, to give you some context, I'm in grad school right now, pretty, pretty, pretty busy all the time and stuff. So I said, um, I feel as that I feel at times I'm going through a dry existence with Jesus because um, I'm in grad school. Um, and I feel that it is a trial that gets in the way with our relationship. And I said, if it's a trial, how can I count it all joy, knowing that the testing of my faith produces steadfastness? steadfastness? Good. Okay. Cool. You want to start with that first, and then we'll do the second one. How you, how you want to do it, bro? Yeah, we can we can do it like that. Okay, let's get right into it, man. Um, one thing that I've noticed with my walk with God, bro, is that um, not all seasons are the same. Um, but all seasons are used by the same person, which is God. And oftentimes we get very comfortable, get very content, even get a little bit more um, um, excited when we have those seasons where we're not pressed, tested, where it just seems like it's us and God and the vibe is cool. But if you notice it, even in Jesus' life, um, we got Couture coming in, get her in here. And one, one thing that we noticed with Jesus is that as soon as he was validated by God when he was being baptized by John, we see that the spirit of God descended on him like a dove, right? And the validation from the father came from heaven. And he said, this is my son in, in whom I am well pleased. I believe in the account of the gospel of Mark, it said that immediately after that moment, he was driven into the wilderness to be tested. Now, I can imagine how uh, excited that season was with... Um, with the father validating him or uh, possibly how great the season was of um, 
of being unknown, nobody knowing who you are, but immediately he was driven into the wilderness. And when we read the wilderness account, we don't hear anything about um, him talking to the father, right? We just know that he was in a dry season, a season where he for 40 days or so uh, was, was, was without food, without water, uh, fasting, and was in a dry place. But we noticed that the wilderness was essential um, for success, because without the wilderness, would there be any wealth of, of power, wealth of, of experience that would have prepared him for the Pharisees, that would have prepared him um, for uh, Peter walking out on him, that would have prepared him um, for the various things that he was going to face in ministry. So to encourage you is that we are commanded to count it all joy. Give me one second. I thought I had a sneeze. Hold on. All right. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> thought I had a sneeze. But yeah, so basically what we notice is that, let's look at the text. It says, count it all joy when you go through various trials, which gives us an implication, gives us an idea that there will be different types of trials. Various trials are going to come. But if we know the one that knows all trials, know all seasons, know all situations, then I can count it all joy because I know the purpose of that trial. It's hard to endure a trial if I don't know the purpose of that trial, right? Mm. Let me pull up the text so I can break it down. I think it's yeah, James. Yeah, James 1. Uh, I think verse 2. Oh, I just do James 1. And we could pull up together. And let me if see. you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm going to pull up on the screen. I think I can pull up on the screen. Let me see. Give me one second. <clears throat> I was going to ask you, but I didn't want to. Oh, bro, bro, no, nah, you're, you're fine, fam. You're fine. This is this is me serving you all. Let me see. And hey, ladies, how y'all doing? I want to make sure I show y'all some love. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing good. good, good, good. Uh, let me share the screen. Can y'all see the scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, it says, count it all joy, my brothers. And ladies, don't, don't get offended. That That's, you know. It's about bonding more so than actual gender. But it says, count all joy, my brothers, when you meet. Uh, it's saying that usually the issue when it comes to counting all joy is when we meet the trial. Sometimes we can understand a trial once our feet is in the trial. But it says, count all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. The, the, the more, we are the most susceptible to fall into worry. We are the most susceptible to fall into um, discouragement once we meet a trial, especially when we just left a great season, right? But it says, count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. A trial is a period of time of testing. So the trial is a trial period. You know, when you get a, a Netflix or you get Hulu or you get any type of trial, they give you a trial period, a season to test the product before you can actually, before you um, actually purchase the product, right? And so the trial period of testing really gives us some level of taste of what purpose will be, right? So when we go through a trial in this moment, it's like a trial period when it comes to Netflix or whatever, it's giving us a taste of what purpose will be. It's giving us a taste of what endurance we have to have. It's giving us a taste so that when we actually end the purchase payment process and we're able to uh, 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 enjoy the full product per se, then we know what comes with the product. And so for your situation, uh, um, oftentimes we have dry seasons is because the, we lack perspective. Uh, that's why it says count it all joy. 
Uh, all joy implies that if I know the one who is over everything and I know the purpose of that thing, let me make sure I get the rest of the scripture here. Let's see the purpose. Verse four, verse three, I mean, it says, for you know, the first thing we see here is counted all joy, number one. Number two, we see for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Right now, this season you're in, my brother, it is testing your faith. And that's why I tell people to make sure that they invest in their faith, develop their faith in good times. Like or when, I, when people go to the gun range or, or when people have a gun or they have, um, let's, let's get into sports. Um, I posted a status of the day that said, if you don't use it, you will lose it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens, if I don't go pierce without shooting my gun, I will lose a little bit extra uh, um, quickness, a little bit accuracy, because I'm not, I'm not using my good time, my season of not needing to use it to prepare me to be more efficient, effective, and could save lives when I have to use it. See, right now we use faith all the time, but we're not using the depths of faith, right? Um, right now I'm using faith in this chair. Every one of you all are using faith in wherever you're sitting or laying right now, right? You're using faith, but that faith is little faith. Big faith is where I'm faced with a disease, I'm faced with a lost in family, I'm faced with a job situation, I'm faced with a pandemic, I'm faced with something bigger than me. Will my faith be bigger than me and to help me to overcome what I'm facing, right? So this season that you're going through, it's requiring us to work out our salvation. It's causing us to work in our relationship. And I'll tell anyone, <clears throat> especially those who have been married or who are married, they understand that marriage requires work. Friendship requires work. All forms of relationship requires work. And so oftentimes when seasons have been good for us, and I'm recording this, bro, so I'll make sure I'll make sure you get all this so you don't even have to feel tense or oppressed. <laughs> I'm recording and I'll reshare it so that you can kind of skim through this again. But when I know that relationships require work, that means I'm going to not just uh, try to hurry up and turn the page to this season. I'm actually going to engage this season. I'm going to engage this dry season. I'm going to engage it to see how it will develop me, right? So it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. We said when we meet trials, we are usually more susceptible to um, be discouraged or whatever. And it also says of various kinds, meaning that there will be more trials to come. And so if I know that life is in of itself a trial period that has trials within it, right, that I know that I'm going to always have to be ready for some level of testing because nothing is proven unless tested, right? Mm -hmm. So so when we understand that, we know that I have to be tested if I want to be the best at it. I have to be tested in order to see if I'm going to be the best, right? You can't be your best without tests. Test mm -hmm. challenge to see what we know, right? It says, verse three, for you know that the testing of your faith produces. It's easier for me to cope and navigate a trial when I know the purpose of the trial, that no matter what trial you face, and especially grad school or whatever, it is actually uh, uh, going to help you produce, what is it called? Steadfastness or patience. The ultimate goal for the believer is for us to be steadfast. Steadfastness means being, I'm, I'm steady no matter how fast things are around me. I am unmovable. I'm not easily budged. I'm not easily nudged, right? I'm, I'm able to sit in a season and long suffer through it because I know the purpose of it, right? 
And verse four says, and let patience or steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. So that's the goal. The goal of every season that God uses is for us to be perfect or whole or healthy. Another word for that perfect is healthy, complete, meaning that we have no need of anything. We're content. We're completed in Christ and we're able to see life the right way, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing means that I am so connected to God that I lack nothing. I lack no money. Right now, it don't matter how much money I have. If I need more money, I don't lack money because I know my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So the formula to this is that no matter what season you are in, I must understand that every season may not be the same, but every season will be used the same by God. And that's to make me more patient to make me more steadfast because the one who endures is, is, is positioned to see things come to pass. If, if, if I don't know the purpose of marriage, then will my marriage last? No. Yeah. If I don't know the purpose of ministry, will my ministry last? It's when I know the purpose of the thing that I could be patient with the thing. So right now, the real thing I will say for you, my brother, is to look at your season and say, how is God or how can God or could God use this season to make me more steadfast, to make me more whole, healthy, complete, and lacking in nothing? How can he? And usually when you meet a trial, you will see what's really inside of you. So when I meet a trial, right, the first thing that comes off the surface of my heart is the first thing I need to work on. So if, if it's frustration, then I got to ask myself, okay, why is my heart frustrated? Why is that part of me not aware of, uh, of this? So when I face a trial, I get joy because I know, okay, God is preparing me for something. And I learned this maybe a few years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, where it was like, why am I going through all these different trials? And God was like, do you just want to be a civilian? Do you want to be just a regular soldier? Or have I called you to be a general and elite soldier? to whom much is given, much is required. So when I knew that I was chosen and not called, and I was chosen for a higher calling, then of course the elite soldiers in any government, in any army has to be trained more than the bottom level soldiers, because that person has to be able to endure more, much than the other people. So when I understand who I am and whose I am and the purpose that I'm here for, then I will have the right perspective to say, okay, I'm going to be patient this season because this season is going to make me who I need to be. I am thankful, my brother, for the trying seasons I went through in my 20s, the trying seasons that I went through in my teenage years because it has positioned me to be a little bit more long-suffering, kind, gentle, sharp, discerning than I've ever been in my life. And so I know I gave a broad kind of uh, stroke on that topic, but help me get specific about grad school. I know you said um, it's a dry season and I put due to school and uh, how can you kind of join this trial? So I know I kind of gave you a, a broad uh, um, look at it, but help me get specific. Is there anything that I missed that you need a little bit clarity on? Um, I think like, I guess like where that came from was just um, like the time I invest, like, um, I guess in like just my studying and stuff and just kind of prioritizing like what, what, what matters to me the most. And obviously, you know, Jesus matters to me, you know, the most, but like, I feel like sometimes time doesn't really reflect that. Gotcha. If I don't, you know, 
wake up in the morning to pray or like if I have a long night studying and then I, I just feel so droggy, you know, and then it kind of, you know, throughout the day, I, it's like, I don't really think about him. I don't really pray throughout the day or acknowledge his presence and stuff like that. And that's kind of what really uh, kind of makes me. Yeah. No worries, man. Um, a fire. And I'm going to do a video this week on how to start a gift. Um, and keep your gift aflame, ablaze, right? Um, one thing that I know that I could always, I could only give from my experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that I feel I'm in a dry space, and it hasn't been in a while, um, there's been a lot of pulling on me in this season. Um, but but the thing that I that I kind of coach people on with this fam is this, is that um, usually we have been taught previously that spending time with God is this exclusive moment in time only. That the only time I spend time with God is uh, at a certain time, at a certain place exclusively. What I've learned is there's this preacher that said, um, I don't go 15 minutes without talking to God. And that shaped my, that shifted my perspective. Well, I heard, my perspective was shifted before I heard that quote, but it really showed how, how present God is. So what I, what I would advise is this, <clears throat> don't allow the enemy to cause you um, to make you feel unworthy, not valued, um, that God is disappointed because you're not spending time. It's all about shifting our perspective by saying, okay, at least every hour of the hour, I take the time to acknowledge. Now, this is what I do. Here's, a, here's what I do. As soon as I walk outside, um, well, I do this before, um, when I wake up, I always wake up with gratitude. Um, I, don't, I don't start with a prayer. I don't start with worship. I just start just being grateful to God for what I have. I'll, it's an activity I tell people to go through. The first thing your eye lays on when you wake up, make sure your brain, <clears throat> first thing you do is to be thankful for it, right? So if I wake up and the first thing I see is the roof, Father, I thank you for this roof, man, because it could have rained on me last night. If my eyes first lay eyes on my wife, I say, Father, thank you for a wife that you made for me. Then when I step out of the bed, I begin to be thankful for everything that works. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm glad that my legs, thank you, God, because somebody, somebody can't get out the bed like I can get out the bed. So when you train yourself with gratitude, then as you leave your house, you have the right attitude. And then when you have the right attitude, then you will be able to discern and acknowledge uh various things right as you engage your day and the issue is is like like for me when i walk outside i take time to listen to the birds i look at the tree over there by my car i i look at the moon and the stars i'm up early i become more aware of what god created than what man created because sometimes we get out of our house we're selfishly ambitious or we're just ambitious. And the first thing we think about is our goals, dreams, aspirations. Uh, do I got gas in the car? What kind of car do I have? Uh, we're looking at everything that's made by man. But I take time to say, okay, let me thank God first for what only he can sustain. That's life, health, strength, etc. And I begin to shift my perspective in, in engaging with nature, engaging with people, right? And in that... Uh, that's right. Could have died as I sleep. I always thank God for my breath. That's real. Like, like taking the time to really just, just 
acknowledge him. And then you will see that throughout your day, you actually spent more aware time with him than you thought. Like I probably spend about three, four, five, six hours a day with God in awareness because I'm, I'm, I don't go too long without being aware of him. And, and spending time with God doesn't mean I have to engage. Right now, um, like say if me and my wife is in the same room, we don't have to speak to be in the same space, right? We just appreciative of each other's presence. And that alone is solid, right? So when I understand that God is not sitting there like a, 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 a scorned girlfriend or, or, or a, 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 a needy boyfriend, like, please talk to me. No, God is saying, just know I'm here. And, and in moments you'll see me and you acknowledge me. And then that will be the fire that's added into your relationship with God that makes you even more aware because he's always doing stuff for you. He's always present. He's always helping. He's always assisting. Sometimes we just don't acknowledge it because our life is going so fast. Mm-hmm. But if we train our lives to surround the life giver, then we will see life a little bit more, right? And so those are some practical things that I do. Uh, and, and God's a realist, man. Like right now, have I spent a lot of exclusive time with God lately? Probably not as much as I used to. Um, Before, like early last year, and what I mean by is this, let me break it down. I spend a lot of time with God throughout my day, but there is a need for me to spend some refreshing, refueling time with him maybe once a week, right? So do I pray in the morning? Yeah. Do I pray? Do I engage God? Yeah. But, But is it like those hour and a half sessions that I have? No. But I am just aware that he's everywhere. But what I mean by, um, what was my point with that? Uh, man, I forgot. It was, um, man, I forgot my train of thought. Either way, in your life, oh, it's about making sure that I slow my life down to notice what God is doing, right? Now, oh, seasons. Like, so God's a realist. He knows if you're in a busier season. He knows grad school is tough. God doesn't care about quantity. He cares about quality. A woman who, a person who prayed five quality minutes has touched heaven more than a person who prayed five hours of, of pharisaical prayers. So when we shift our perspective, knowing that God is a realist, that God is the realist, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to do that word play. I had to do it. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, you know, I had to do it. <laughs> but when we understand that, then we'll say, okay, God is not desperately in need of us, that our time with God doesn't benefit him. God is self-sufficient. Time with God benefits us. Being aware of God benefits us. Like God doesn't benefit from praise. It's not like we refill God with praise. No, he created praise to benefit us. The Bible says he didn't make Sabbath. He didn't make the man for Sabbath. He made Sabbath for the man. He made rest for man. So all these things that are part of the human worship experience, quote unquote, the worship um, of God is not for God's benefit. Like spending time with God is not like, oh my gosh, the world is going to cave in because I didn't spend time with him. No, Mm -hmm. my world would cave in if I don't spend time with him. So when I begin to see it as a benefit, then I will look at my day and say, okay, when I, okay, here's my natural day to work. Here's my natural day at school. 
here are some pockets where I could just sit down and listen to a podcast or read a proverb, get in my Bible just for a little bit, or just take some time to reflect on the goodness of God. Sometimes the bulk of my time is me reflecting on how good God is. Most of my time with God is creative development. I have business meetings with God. I have creative sessions with God. Your purpose has a way of making you spend more time with God because like this, these gems that I be having, these video concepts, all the stuff that I be doing, that comes from my time with God. So if I want to stay dope and amazing at what I do, I'm going to always make time with him because he gets the glory. He, I get it from him. So mm -hmm. I say that don't think quantity, think quality. Don't think, now don't allow your, now this is what I would say first. Structure your day to make sure that it's, it's best stewarded. So if your day got a bunch of unnecessary stuff or even one, one unnecessary thing can really mess your day up. So what I would do is this, I would get a sheet of paper and I would write down your time in three hour increments, three hour or four hour increments, right? And what I would do is, is write down everything you do within those, that time frame, everything that you typically do in a day or just do your whole week because some days are different than others. Write down, in, so six to nine, 10 to one, 10 to 12, whatever, doing three hour increments and write down everything that you do. Or you could just say next week, I'm gonna do that. So write down everything you did that you're going to do this week as you do it, right? And then this Saturday coming up, I want you to look at your day and be like, okay, during these times, I have excess and unnecessary commitments. If I pull, if I interchange those things with creative time with God, reading my word, how much more productive my week would be. And then that next week, after you did your assessment, try switching those unnecessary excess things with more spiritual development, personal development things, and then see how you feel at the end of that week. And then mm -hmm. you will begin to see, wow, the week that I've interchanged the unnecessary things with necessary things, I found myself successful. Look at Mary and Martha. Martha got upset with Mary because culturally she Mary was culturally Martha was doing the right thing. Women were supposed to cook. It was it, traditionally women were never supposed to be at the feet of teachers. So that's when the Bible talk when people talk bad about the Bible by it being egotistical and male dominant, they, they don't really read the gospel because Jesus was doing things very countercultural for women, right? So Martha got upset because Mary was doing nothing. <laughs> And so Martha comes up to Jesus like, are you not going to tell my sister to come help me? Because she was shocked that someone like him, who was a, a, a teacher who knew the law and all that stuff, would allow a woman to do that. So Jesus was like, hold up, Martha. You know, it's smelling good in the kitchen. I, I, it smells very good. But, but what Mary is doing right now is the necessary thing, the word says. And what she's receiving from her will not be removed. This portion will not be removed. What Jesus was saying was, Martha, you're cooking food and you're going to give us food, right? But it's going to go through our system and out into the bathroom. But what, I, what she's choosing to get from me right now to be fed on can never leave her stomach. Mm -hmm. So when you understand the benefit, and like I said before, how spending time with God is not a benefit to him, it's a benefit to us. And you begin to see how more productive you are. You begin to see how more content you are. The more you begin to see how God is using this season and the more the joy will strengthen you because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Then you will see that your weeks are heavier as far as productive. And you'll be like, oh, okay. All I had to do was move 
these amount of excess things and I was more successful. So I hope that helped, brother. So I, sure it's, it's recording. So just know that, you, you know, you'll be able to, uh, uh, cause I, I just said a lot. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. I, I, I took a couple of notes and, um, but just, just some things that definitely like, like hit me, like something I have to write down, like right now that would give me peace, you know, yeah. as you said, like spending time with God is not a benefit to him. It's, it's a benefit to us. And yeah. Everything God did was it. for our benefit. Right. And when we, cause sometimes we think we get down ourselves cause we think God needed us in that hour. Oh, I disappointed God cause God needed me. God, God is not moved. God is all knowing. It's a benefit to us. You know what I'm saying? And so when we understand that, it takes the pressure off us and we just simply enjoy what Christ paid for. Right. Right. Anything else on that question? Okay. You look nice. Oh, my wife's leaving. You good. Um, no, nothing, nothing else. Uh, if you don't mind, if I ask this one, because yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. To get your second question. Yeah, 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 okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Get your second question in. Um, so, uh, so like reading the Bible, right? Yeah. Like the concept of like exegesis and eisegesis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to read the Bible thinking that I'm, you know, getting great info, you know, and revelation and stuff. And it's not, um, it's not really from the Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. So just like, I guess what tools, like what resources, um, like what strategies, like do you implement in your Bible say, cause I've seen your podcast, you know, with Jeff and, and like just the way I like break it down and stuff is really powerful. And it's just like, you know, letting the words lift off the page, you know, one thing that I've learned, man, when it comes to reading God's word is I, two things. Um, I don't rush the reading. And number two, um, number two, I let the Holy Spirit read to me, right? So when I worked at elementary school, this is where God kind of taught me. When I was at elementary school, um, kids used to always come to me and say, Mr. Ezzy, can you read to me? And I'm like, fam, you know, you're a good reader. Just read by yourself. You know what I'm saying? But one thing God was showing me was they don't want you to read to them because they can't read. They want to read because they, they love your presence while they read. They want to be close to you, right? So one thing that I realized was when I was reading reading the Bible is is that I say, okay, um, Holy Spirit, show me something in this word I've never seen before. Show me something. I've read James 1, 2 a billion times. But one thing that I realized was most of the times I was reading faster. And as I got mature, mature, I may have went down five miles per hour each time. So when I was going 70 miles an hour through the text, now maybe I went 60 miles. The next time I might've went 55 miles. The next time I might've went 35. I kept going slower, right? Until I started going about six, maybe five, 10 miles an hour through the text. And I'm giving metaphors, but hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I looked at every single word. I'll show you what I'll do here. Let's let's pull up the scripture again. Can y'all still hear me? Good. So I'm still clear. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you still. So this is how I read the Bible. <clears throat> Most people just read for devotion purposes only. They just read to say they've read. Right? 
I've, I read so I can stay dead. And what I mean by that, so I can stay dependent. Now, let me, let me go through this. When I read the text, I look at every word. I, there's been times when I've read this and I had to go preach, I'll stop at the word count. God gave me, God, God will give me something like, uh, my people are doing math wrong. They're doing spiritual mathematics wrong. My people don't know how to count. So how can I talk about uh, all these other great points if I don't sit down and count and ask myself questions? Josh, do you know how to count spiritually? Can you really look at, do you know how to look at a situation and discern God's purpose in it immediately for joy to fill your soul quickly? So when I read, I say, okay, why count? So, so I, I look at the word, I have a notebook beside me and I, I just let my, I let the Holy Spirit show me all the particular angles just from the word count. And when I teach people, I, I, I wrote in my book, Counter for the Counterpart, I got a chapter in there called Spiritual Mathematics and I break this whole text down. People do not know how to count. They don't know how to discern. They don't know spiritual mathematics. They, everything is not the devil. Everything is not God. You see what I'm saying? So, so what I mean by reading through God's word, I'll be stuck on a word for a couple of days and ask myself questions. Now I'll go to count it all joy. That word all is a big, small word, which challenges me for the next two weeks, right? I can't even get past those four words. How can I practice and counting it all joy? Why can't I count this all joy? What is keeping me from counting this all joy? You see, I, my study just, I can go an hour and a half long study in those four words, which then makes the text more rich to me because I slowed down. I read this verse many times, but I didn't know what it meant until I met a trial. I, just this past, just a few months ago, I just got to the word meet. Now I gave you revelation about meeting trials. Most people are more susceptible to perform poorly in a trial based upon their reaction when they meet a trial. Why did the word of God say meet a trial? Why didn't say in the midst of a trial? Why meet and not missed? Because if we don't count it all joy when we meet it, then how are we going to count it all joy when we're in the midst of it? Mm -hmm. So you see, just in that five-minute spill, I can go two or three weeks breaking those seven, eight letters down. Now I got to talk about what are the various kinds of trials, right? So, <clears throat> so when it comes to technique, I drive the speed limit and I ask the text questions. I ask myself questions and I ask God questions. And I see how I can apply just the first four letters. And I ain't even got the patience. I ain't even got to what it produces. I ain't even got to what it means to lack nothing. So on, that, on those three verses, I can preach six months worth of content. I can teach six months of content, right? Because the word is that rich, the issue is people only want to go. There's two reasons to go to the beach or there's two reasons to go to a body of water, either to be on the shore and play in the water or to go treasure hunting. So when I come to the word, either I'm coming to just shallowly swim. I'm just coming here to put my foot in it. Just say I, I was at the beach, take pictures with my Bible to say I was at the beach 
<laughs> or do I go deep in it and find treasure? So th that technique alone will make your, make your uh, reading rich, but always read your Bible with a pad because you never, or your phone, whether you text, like, you know, you, your, your notepad app or mm -hmm. whatever, and just sit there and literally process what you're reading. Cross-reference is another thing. Commentary is another thing. A good, having a good study Bible is another good thing right? Having those tools for your study, having those tools by your side while you treasure hunt. Openbible.info is what else I also use. Let me show you that as well. Let me see if I can pull up real quick. Is this helping, bro? Yeah, big time. Okay. Openbible.info. It's just like not feeling pressure to, you know, run through like a whole chapter, you know, no. in a matter of time and stuff Man, like you that. You got, you got your whole life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why, why am I going to rush just to prove that I'm smart? So mm -hmm. give me, give me, give me something that you're struggling with, not struggling, but what's one thing that you need more scriptures support on? I guess like, um, Here's one thing. Here's one thing. So I've always wanted to dive into Psalms, right? Uh-huh. I've never really truly understood like so like Psalm, like David has gone through like so he had, like literally all the emotions that anybody could have, David has like talked about it at some point. Yeah. And it's hard for me to like read like what he's written and then see how that applies to my life. Because sometimes I'm like, well, the context isn't really there. Or uh, I just don't really, not necessarily believe, but I just don't really see the, I guess the significance. You know, you know gotcha. what I mean. You won't, you won't see the significance until you're in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. It's easy for someone to read catalog and go through various trials and speed through that if you're not in a trial. Right. Right. So some, some, the Bible is six, six books, right? And the goal is maybe this is not the season to understand Psalms because you got to ask yourself, am, am I living a David life? Am I, am I in the midst of certain David temptations or David, uh, have I faced Goliaths or, well, that's not really in Psalms, but it's, but it's, yeah. but it's, but it's also, it could just be reading the Psalms in context, getting a good study Bible. Um, because sometimes we understand where David was while he was writing that song it will take you back to first, not first Samuel. Um, the, was it first, wherever, wherever book that, yeah, Chronicles. Yeah. The whole, that it, then you will be like, Oh, this is when David wrote this. And this was after Bathsheba. This was during this. And then you may find some significance once you know the backstory of mm -hmm. the Psalm that's written, right? Like Psalms, uh, 120, no, uh, Psalms 23, Psalms, uh, 39, Psalms 91, those I'm not gonna I'm not gonna connect with all the psalms, but there mm -hmm. are certain psalms that that if I like 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 give me something that I could type in right here that that may have a psalm in it. Like, what are some topical point that you like? Uh, is it patience? Is it joy? Like, what are some scriptures? Not scriptures. What are some topics that you like? I need more bullets in my chamber of. I was I was just say faith. Honestly. Faith. Okay, let's type faith. Like faith. So what I do with openbible.info is that you really just type in one word 
and it'll pull up scriptures. And whatsoever you ask in prayer, you will see if you have faith. And it's just a bunch of stuff. Let me see if I can find a Psalms. Probably not too much Psalms with this. Uh, let's see. Either way, but it gives you a ton of scriptures mm-hmm. to kind of to dig through about that topic of faith. Uh, let's see if I type in something of, I don't know, what was David? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. There we go. Let's do that. And then you'll see all these scriptures that pop up. Usually the top seven or 10 scriptures pertain. There we go. Uh, Psalms 103 says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repays us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers it like dust. Now, Psalms 103 by itself is a great chapter. So let's look at Psalms 103. Uh, And this is, uh, let's see. Another tool that I'd use is enduring word, right? So enduring word Psalms, was that 103? Mm-hmm. And so enduring word is a nice little commentary I use online, and it'll break down every uh verse and kind of give you some context as a commentary to each one. So let's go to the what, what verse did we did we just read? Was that 10? I can't remember. Uh let's see. Let me see. Ah, 10 through 14, yeah. yeah. So I'll go right to 10, verse 10 and through 14. Uh, okay. David's statement reminds us of God's revelation of himself to Moses in Exodus 34. The, and also, if you click on this, it'll show you the text right there to the side. Mm-hmm. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. He will not always strive with us. These very human terms point. So basically, uh, it just kind of gives you a little like quick snippets of cross references and stuff like that. So enduring word, as well as open Bible.info is what I use when I'm on a computer or so, right? But when mm-hmm. I have a good Bible, that's ESV study Bible. But either way, um, using this resource here is good to say, okay, what can I study? If I'm struggling with faith, oh, excuse me. If I'm struggling with faith, then I'll go here. So faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So now I get like a quick snapshot of what faith is. And then it will take, take me into deeper study. And what I always advise people when it comes to reading God's word is to say, okay, if I choose Matthew 21, not just to read this, don't just read that by itself. Read the whole chapter. I always say there's a 10 verse rule. Read, read 10 verses above and 10 verses under the verse that you're studying so that you can have a greater context of what you're listening of what you're studying so that you won't find yourself a uh, false doctrine or caught up in some kind of web where the word was not trying to to speak on so those are just some quick things that i do with my bible study but i i'm at a level now where my brain has been trained in such a way where I can literally just read my Bible and just have a field day where I just sit there and just read and I just, the words stick out and I have a notebook beside me and I just start going to like different areas. But see, I'm a teacher too. So it's like, 
my brain is trained to teach. Mm. But all of our brains should be trained to teach if we're the, if, even if we're the only student. I have to let the word teach me. I have to teach myself. And so, but let me, what was the root of that question about reading the word? You say you feel kind of what now again? So I think, so it's like, it's like, I guess seeing how um, confused people are in the world, like there's some people who they'll have the Bible, they'll swear they read the Bible and stuff, but they're, they're, they're in a cult, you know what I'm saying? Like they're in a cult. They don't know how to like, like I have a friend, for example, like she's, she's in this cult. Like she'll, she knows Bible. She knows she spit all these verses and stuff, but yet she doesn't believe in the Trinity. And it's kind of like how, like, you know, I'm like, how, how can you, how can like you can, it's, but it's, I guess what's scary to me is like you can know the whole Bible and yet still miss it. You'll mm-hmm. still miss it. And like, that's like, that's kind of a fear of mine, if I could be honest, because I don't want to like the time that I spend, you know, in the morning or whatever, just reading and then yeah, feeling like believing that I've gotten revelation and stuff like that. I don't want to be to a point like, where it's come, like, let's say I die and I'm standing before God and I'm, I'm like, Lord, you know, I thought I knew you and stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, which, I mean, I know I'm saved and all that. It's just like being able to, how to be more sanctified and just knowing the Lord more intimately through his word and stuff like that. I just feel like there's people that don't, you know, they don't know how to really execute good, you know, reading yeah. and, and then application as well. So, Usually, see, the issue with people is um, they're, they don't know how to read or they're lazy readers, right? So when you look at the word Trinity, they get hung up on unnecessary premises. Just because the word Trinity is not in the Bible doesn't mean that the Bible is not, like, if you look at uh, the Trinity, quote unquote, was present at the baptism of Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. in the flesh, Right. Holy Spirit, like a dove, the Father speaking from heaven. Mm-hmm. The issue is people, minds are not stretched enough to comprehend when God said, let us make man our image. He's three in one, I'm three in one. It's not hard for me to believe that God is one in three persons. When I am one as a son, I'm, I'm, I'm in, this, in my body, in me, I'm a son. I'm a husband, I'm an uncle, I'm a preacher. There's so many things I am in just one. Mm-hmm. I'm just limited to this dimension. Mm-hmm. God is not limited by dimensions. Mm-hmm. So God can be one in three persons because he's above dimensions, engaging in dimensions, and living inside of people. The issue is we look at God as a machine and not a person. That's, that's just my thought on the Trinity, right? So I ain't mean to go that deep. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at text throughout the Bible where the Trinity was spoken of, then you will begin to understand that people will find any way not to believe the God of the Bible, but to create a graven image of the God they want to serve. Because gathering teachers with itching ears could just be 
uh, 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 me just repping my set, talking about where we Baptists are better than y'all. And, and, and the Bible talks about, Paul was like, you know, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of you all so that you'll think that, you know what I'm saying? So what he's trying to say uh-huh. is that denominations wasn't even God's will. Right. Yeah, I know. And so the issue is, I, what I've learned, I used to be so passionate, bro, about all these people and why they got to know the truth. God said, you just worry about you knowing the truth. And, 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 and don't get frustrated when people are going through their thing. Just be a lover of truth and a resource of truth. And so when I began to get freed from that, I was like, I don't even, if, if listen, I love people, but I'm not attached to people. I don't care if my most loved loved one goes to hell. I'm a Kanye shrug it. You know what I'm saying? Fam. I tr- like what? That's, that's on you fam. Yeah. As long as I get in, I don't care about who don't, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm straight. See, so uh-huh. that, that keeps me from losing sight on my walk, trying to help somebody else. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a part I play in right. assisting people, but assisting people is people who is assisting people who want to be assisted. <laughs> yeah. Versus yeah. wasting my energy debate. You've never seen me debate. If you look on any one of my posts, you people don't bark up my tree because they know he ain't gonna give me no attention. Uh-huh. That's that's my stance. That's my uh uh heart in ministry. It's like I'm here to minister to those who want to minister. I remember a teacher was like, when I talk at chapel, she's like, Do you care that people fall asleep when you preach? I said, Let them sleep. I'm only here to preach to those who are hungry. Right. Why am I going to inter- interrupt my message to make somebody wake somebody up? Why? Let them rest. They need sleep more than they need this word right now. <laughs> so when you are freed from the responsibility of God, then you're able to assist God. Like I'm not God. I don't got time to worry about if they're saved or not. <laughs> I don't got time. All I got time to do is to walk out my own salvation with fear and trembling and be a resource when needed. And, and that frees me from, wow, I can't believe y'all. Now, when I look at people, I'm like, y'all, people just dumb, bro. And I mean, I mean, at the nicest way, people are just, when you've been in the game, as long as I've been in it, people going to do what they want to do, man. People don't love God like they say they do. This whole modern day Christianity is trash, man. Because mm-hmm. everybody talk it, but they don't walk it. Right, and that's why the remnant is being uh, uh, is smaller than what we think. We can live, we could be amongst all these Christians and have no converts. Nobody, none of these Christians are converted. They're Christian by title, but not Christian by heart. Mm-hmm. And so, what I would advise you is be freed from that, bro. Oh, that's my way. Be freed from that, and don't allow that to uh, to bother you. Yeah, thank you, man. Cause that that, that stuff it bothers me a lot too. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, I, bro. I've been there. I've been there. But then when you realize that you can look a person in the eye and tell them the sky is blue, and they're gonna look at you and be like, "Nah, it's yellow." Then <laughs> when you know yeah. the truth, when you know that the bulk of society is like that, my truth is my truth. No, there is something as absolute truth. People, Absolute. Uh-huh. People's brains, its issue is, is mind control. People's brains haven't been conditioned to think critically. We have been taught to be thought for versus to think for ourselves. Uh-huh. So when that's the premise of people's and the society has made people emotional about lies. 
then that's when you stay off of t- that's when you stay off Twitter. You stay off, you just be like, because it gets you all in your feelings. That's right, fall in the crowd mentality. But but when you realize that he said few, <laughs> narrow was the gate, narrow was the way. Few, all I gotta do is make sure I'm walking down that narrow way. Everybody else, even though how frustrating it is, I don't let it frustrate me because the Bible says this is what's gonna happen. And we ain't even seen the great falling away yet. How many people, the Bible talks about when Jesus comes back, he says, will I find faith on the earth? The Bible says if the days were not shortened, even my very elect would be deceived. So God has to shorten the days because the devil's good at deception. That doesn't mean the devil's better. God just a realist. Let me shorten these days, man. <laughs> or I'm going to lose Ray Ray in them. <laughs> Little new nuke might 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 slip away. I'm better. Let me let me show you these things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope that yeah. helped, my brother. That did, man. I, I truly appreciate it. Uh I'm gonna so you said that this is recorded. This is recorded. Yeah, bro. I record all of them, man, so y'all can go back through and um and 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 let it digest. Right. Because I know I say a lot and I go all over the place. And if you try to write what I say. Mm-mm. Good luck, man. <laughs> Good luck, bro. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it so much. Yeah, because recorded. You don't mind if I step out? Yeah, step I don't. Out. Yeah, do your thing, bro. Alrighty, all right. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, ladies, too, for that. I needed that encouragement. I really appreciated this. You welcome, boss. All, all right, right, brother. We'll see you next time, family. For sure, y'all take care. You too, bro. All right, ladies. I'm here to serve you all as well. What y'all have for me today? I don't have anything. I was just listening what the um, gentleman had that was on just now. Um, the first question actually applied to me because of yeah. what I'm going through right now. I'm just trying to press through, but I'm so tired of what I'm going through as far as work. So I'm just looking for the Lord to reveal, you know, what's the purpose. Maybe he's grooming me for the next season of life, but it's yeah. just hard to go through right now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we've all been there. These seasons right here are going to prepare us for greater and tougher seasons. That's one thing I can kind of enjoy knowing that, like, to be able to withstand, like, like we have to go through, and that's why people uh, get offended with God. Why doesn't God bless me with this? It's like no. He's blessing you with the ability to bear the weight of that. I would rather bear the weight that would prepare me to handle the weight of money than to get money and squander it. God is not looking for strong hands. He's looking for strong legs. We make our hands strong. Like, oh, I can carry that much money. I want to carry this. It's like, nah, or will you buckle under pressure? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Will I buckle under <clears throat> discouragement? And so when I look at, I remember, I mean, it was crazy. The anxiety attacks I had in my 20s. The weight I lost, the weight I gained. Because I was meeting trial after trial after trial. Now, if, if the stuff that I'm going through now, if I would have went through this, if I would have went through some of this right now, back then, I would have been done. I would have been up out this, this realm. I would have been dead. But I notice over time how 
I used to get mad at God, save me from this. <clears throat> Pull me out. Help me with this. You see what I'm saying? Get me mm-hmm. out. I'm screaming to God, get me out of this. And God's like, if I get you out of this, then you won't have nothing to get out from this. Like you won't be able to get any strength from this. Mm-hmm. And so the encouragement is, is that God is with me in this trial. God is helping me in this trial. And the real question is, what is God, who am I going to be after this trial? Will I be stronger? Will I be more diseased? It's a choice then. Like we go through these trials. Trials gives us an opportunity to be stronger. Or it can give us an opportunity to be weakened and diseased. But either way, to the cross, to to, uh, Judea, to Galilee, before Jesus got to Galilee, before Jesus went to Judea, before Jesus went to Jerusalem, he had to go through the wilderness. There's no escaping it. But I'm so glad I went through it because I sleep better now. Like imagine people going through this pandemic and didn't have no strength. A lot of people didn't make it to 2021 and COVID didn't even take them out. Suicide did. Right. They don't talk about suicide numbers. Yeah. But 2020, 20, oh no, whoa, Lord. 2020 was an amazing year. <laughs> 2020 was good for me so it's like it's all about perspective did I hoop like I wanted to no there wasn't that much basketball but I could lose basketball if that's all I lost was hoop sessions then there's no need for me to be stressing I'm straight knowing that my family died everybody's good I made a lot of money last year not well not substantial because I didn't travel much but, I, but money came from a lot of places, <laughs> you know? Look at me, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still uh, stocky. That means I ate good. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that sometimes when we meet the trial, we buckle, but we're still eating meat in the trial. We're still eating good. Like stuff is not as bad as it could be. <laughs> so it's difficult when you're in a trial, but tr- we have to go through these trial periods so that we can really, really, really navigate appropriately. Because if if God has given us time, <clears throat> and what's up, my brother? Good to see you, bro. God has given us time because it ain't got bad yet. If we can't get through this, what are we going to do when they're talking about the mark of the beast and you can't buy or sell? What are we going to do when they start killing Christians and they start doing stuff and they really persecute them? That's way, that's down, down the road. But what if they start attacking people's money and, yeah. and start saying like, me and my pastor said something very profound <clears throat> and I took the same stance. I make a lot of money traveling and speaking. But if they tell me I have to have a vaccine or I have to do whatever, whatever to get on a plane, then I ain't flying. Right. <laughs> it's that simple. It's, it's, but if you love that, you'll put your arm out or you'll do all kind of crazy stuff. Just to, that's why you can't love this world. If they say you can't fly no more again, Josh, cool. I don't really like planes. <laughs> so, all right. If it's in South Carolina, if it's in Virginia, if it's in Tennessee, if it's in Georgia, if it may be Florida, Alabama, I'll drive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I'm not about to be in prison. I'm going to enjoy my freedom in Christ, even if they try to take my freedom in the USA. Mm-hmm. 
because who trumps uh, no I ain't no pun intended what <laughs> trying to be but but who trumps uh, that's funny but who trumps <laughs> the US is God you know what I'm saying I'm not I'm not moved by what's going on around me down here because I'm connected to a higher source so I hope that helped a little yes it did it always helps yeah and, and if you, you got to hear this every single week that's my job that's what I do because I've been yeah. there I know what it's like. It's not easy in these trials. But but when you when I'm screaming from the other side, it's worth it. Go through it. You become stronger for it. You become wiser. You know, uh, what's his name? Um uh Marvin Sapp. Yeah. The Bible says it was good that I was afflicted, because if I wasn't afflicted, I wouldn't know your statues. Affliction has a way of getting us to understand God a little bit more. Yeah, it it makes me realize, if nothing else, that I can't do everything in my own strength, and I need Him every day, every that's, hour. That is rule. <laughs> that's rule number yeah. one. Amen. Rule number one is I need Him. I want everything else. I only the only thing I need in this life is God. Mm-hmm. I don't need water. I don't need food. Now, don't get me wrong, those are necessities, but there are not needs. Mm-hmm. Needs is I'm nothing unless I have this. It sets you up for idolatry, sets you up for pain. And when you know that you need him every hour, every minute, every second, every millisecond, life becomes better because he is very good at managing souls, man. He's very good at providing. The issue is we don't like the level at which he provides. Give us this day our daily bread. We want brioche. <laughs> you know, we 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 want the cinnamon, the cinnamon raisin bread. You know, we want we want the expensive stuff. And God's like, hey, does not all bread fill? Yeah. What if the bread I want to give you today is patience? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants that pros, pros, uh, prosperity bread. <laughs> everybody wants that. Pr- Everybody want that bread is is the money. white soft bread. That money, that bread, good money. Yeah, we want that bread. Good with peanut butter and jelly. Good that thing, that bread, good. But none of us want that hard, crunchy, stale bread called patience. Mm-hmm. Called forgiveness. <laughs> Call, we don't we don't want that bread. And they say what kind of bread every day. Some days are going to be some good bread. Some of it is going to be some non-tasty bread, but it's still it's still uh, packed with nutrients. Um, right. Coach, go ahead, Whitney. Yeah, I'm here for you. Go ahead. Sorry, go. no, you're. Fine. I wanted to ask you about um, having emotional intelligence when it comes ah, to gotcha. friendships and um, gotcha. relationships. Gotcha. Let me write this down real quick because uh, I have to do my timestamps. I'll be forgetting what I talked about. So. Um, what did we talk about today? We talked about, uh, okay, now I got some stuff here. Okay, let's talk about emotional intelligence. Um, okay, all right. <clears throat> um, EQ is just as important as IQ. Uh, uh, people skills, uh, I, I was talking to my principal, and uh, working at a school, and Whitney, you say you work at a school, right? Yeah. Yeah, working in, at a, New York. in New York, working at a school really teaches you 
um, people skills. And um, we joke every time me and my principal, we say we are in the people business and that's what we are. And if, and if, if business, no matter what friendship, no matter what relationship, no matter what is with people, then I have to have people skills, right? Emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence boils down to before, in order for me to be aware of my surroundings, I must be aware of myself. In order to be aware of myself, I must be aware of God. My emotional intelligence comes from my emotional connection with God. It comes with that fellowship because he, as I fellowship with him, would then deepen my discernment ability, will then enhance my discernment ability. Because I fellowship with him, therefore I trust him. And if I trust him, then if he tells me no, then it's no. Every girl I dated besides my wife, uh, right when I went to ask the girl out, it was a strong no in my spirit. But what did I do? Ignored it. And then time proved that no was right. So what I've learned was, the more I invest in God, the more I am aware of him, the more I acknowledge him, the more <clears throat> I fellowship with him, the higher my frequency becomes, the better I'm able to discern a thing, right? And then it increases my emotional intelligence because then the Holy Spirit who has, sens- has made my spirit sensitive is able to pick, on, pick up on little red flags because when I fellowship with God, I know my value. People who know value look at details. People who don't know value look at uh, uh, what's blatant. So if a person um, knows the value of a thing, he or she audits the details of that thing. Before I purchase this exclusive card, I got to check to make sure it's exclusive. Before I go, like as I say, if, like uh, play, uh, baseball cards, basketball cards, or Jordans, or shoes, or paintings, or uh, um, uh, antique cars, they go send out auditors. They go before a person pay, before a person pays a lot of money for a thing, they send experts out there to audit it to make sure that it's authentic, to make sure it's legit. They look at the details. They start comparing the paint. They start comparing the other cars. They, 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 they compare everything because of the value that's going to come from me. And since I know that uh, it takes a lot of me in relationship and, it, it, and, and relationships pull a lot and friendships pull a lot, I'm going to audit you before I give you me as a friend. Because me as a friend, me as a coach is one thing, but me as a friend is another level. Me as a husband is another level, which means that I just can't just make myself available. So I start auditing. I become uh, a little bit more attentive to character. I was helping a young lady at my school who went through a breakup and, um, you know, young kids and they breakups, man. But um, so she she was going, yeah, she was going through it. And I told her, do not be distracted by charisma focus on the character mm. charisma has a way of confusing even the best of us oh she's charismatic he's charismatic oh he's fun to be around she's fun to read. but what's his or her character like mm. character is who you are all the time <clears throat> and so but if you're if you're if there's no depth to a person then there there's no need to look at the details of other people but when I know my depths and I know my value and I know who I am, 
I'll take a little bit more time to examine the details of a person before I begin to be distracted by them and, and falling in love with them and being friends with them, right? But mm -hmm. ultimately, always, I always check with the Spirit of God. You know what I'm saying? I always say, okay, yes or no, God. And, and you don't even got to ask him. He'll let you know. The issue is, do we really want to go where he wants us to go? Right. The issue is, do we really want to listen? The issue is, do we trust that he knows what's best? Because if all we are susceptible for is how a thing looks, but not how that thing is, then we're always mm -hmm. going to be easily distracted. I can care less how a thing looks. I care about, I don't care about how fine a thing is. I care about the fine print of that thing. I don't care about how fine she is. I don't care how fine the money looks. I look at the fine print. I don't look at we don't. I don't forget the big letters. I don't want to look at the title and the, the the no. Show me the small letters. The fine print. That'll let me know if you got a fine print. You know the contract. The contract because relationships are contracts. Right. But most people don't take time to examine, audit, because they don't know themselves. They don't know how much they're worth. And the issue is, people don't like being alone. Being alone is a blessing. <laughs> That's true. Especially in my business. And what I do, I, I counsel about, on average, five to six kids a day. Some of those kids is in there just to, just to, just to be in my presence, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love being alone. But there wasn't always, it wasn't always like that. I used to hate being alone, but I love it because I'm never alone. I'm with God. Mm -hmm. And so the more we fellowship with him, the better our EQ becomes because now we become a little bit more emotionally intelligent. Uh, uh, we, we notice a little bit of the details. Uh, we begin to trust the Holy Spirit when he says no. And the issue is, it's hard to trust this no with the things that's hard for us to let go of. So the question is, what are the things that's hard for me to let go of? Because if it's hard for me to let go, then I won't listen to the Holy Spirit's no if he says no. But emotional intelligence is even deeper than that. It's about how I navigate all sectors of life, how I navigate all different shapes and sizes of people, knowing how to speak what fits the occasion, knowing when it's time to dip out versus to dip in, uh, um, knowing when it's time to uh, give advice and when not to give advice, knowing when uh, I should bail out versus I try to uh, help a you know uh, help a person. But it all boils down to slowing your life down, knowing the down payment that was placed on your life, which determines your value, connecting with God in a deeper way, and know that. Not everything that's before you was sent by God. And if that's the case, if there's a 50-50 chance, if there's a 50% chance that what's in front of me or who's in front of me is from the devil, I better take some time to, to audit. But emotional intelligence grows as you take initiative, as you take time to discern, then you get better at it. It becomes a muscle that you develop. Then all of a sudden you start becoming like, oh, wow, like I'm really seeing more now than I've ever seen before because now you're paying more attention. So help me with specifics. Is there anything specifically you want me to kind of dive deeper on? Because I, I always do this. I give a broad stroke and then I want to get very specific 
into into what you may have? Yeah. Um, well, what I was actually going to ask is if you could do like a, I think it's called abbreviate. It's not abbreviation, but you know how when you do the letters, well, you have a word for your yes. friends, and then you would break it down into um, different um, topics or yes. not topics, but what it means. Uh-huh. And so I was wondering if you would maybe not today, but sometime to do one on friends. Cause I think um, like when I, when I think about friends, I think about the basic world. I just use. did. I, I don't know. Did you see my video from yesterday? I did one yesterday on friends. Oh, you did. Yep. And that's crazy oh, yeah. that you said that. Yeah, I did. I did wow. one yesterday on friends. I, it's about 16 minutes long. Check it out. I talked about six things to prove that they're a good friend. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch that right now. Well, yeah. after no, no problem. Yo, check that out, and then let me know next week or so, and I'll break any points you need me to break down for you, mm-hmm. um, and I'll do that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it just came out yesterday, so I'm trying a different format with my videos. Like I'm going to do teaching videos on Streamyard. I mean, or do them live. I'll do more of my teachings live, but I get a lot mm-hmm. of questions that I think people need a people's attention span. So there's two types of audience that I have. Uh, Not audience that I have, but I think just people, period. You have your diehards, like the people that will watch two hours worth of your content. (laughs) And there are also other people who's just like, I can only get it. I can only digest maybe seven or eight minutes. And so what I'm going to start doing is shorten some of my content to where, uh, because the Q&A videos that I do are cool but they don't really give full drawn out support or substance. So I want to start doing maybe seven to 16 minutes of content that hits home, hits direct, and it answers straightforward. Mm. I so was actually going to ask, I'm sorry. Post. No, go ahead. No, it's, no, no, it's fine. Like, you know, how um, on Instagram and stuff, you could do polls. Yeah. So if like people can ask you questions and then as you're doing the Q&A, just um, talk about those specific questions based on that topic. Oh, I see. So pick a topic yeah. for that day. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see what you're saying. So that'd be good. And then if like the questions that people have, then you know that you're hitting specific questions that people um, do have. And then like, like you said, you're getting into the specifics. Gotcha. That makes sense. Appreciate you, girl. I appreciate that. <laughs> Anything else on your heart? Um, no, not now. Maybe next week. Yeah, that's fine. That's what's good about these. You, you got me every week. <laughs> Lord willing. Zandre, my brother, what's going on, family? Hey, what's going on, fam? How are you? All's well, man. You got anything for me today, man? Nah, man. I'm just, I'm just tuned in, bro. I don't have anything right cool, now. Man, cool. But yeah, we definitely got to get up, bro. I don't know if you got my message on Patreon. We'll definitely yes, get I'm those. Get back. Yeah, get back with me, and we'll. I'm off next week, and we'll get those at least one next week, and then uh, keep going, man. Yeah, no doubt. I got you. All right. Any other questions before we get on out? No, I'm good. All right, y'all. Well, I love y'all, man. Thank y'all for trusting me with your questions. Trusting me with. Uh, your concerns, you're so welcome. And um, same time, same place next week. Lord will, like I always say. Um, and uh, y'all be blessed the rest of the week. Um, and that's it. Love Thank y'all. You. I see y'all next week. All right.
right. Yeah. I got layers to me. I got plans, I got goals, I got tricks on my sleeve. I got calls, I got deals, I got people to meet. I got drive, I got soul, I got everything. I got scars, I got heart, I got family to feed. I got people mad, I ain't who they want me to be. I got people I don't know telling me what I need. Yeah, I got loved ones saying that they praying for me. I'm thankful for the prayers. I need more of those. Put my hands together by my head and thank the Lord for it. everything he's done. Yeah, ain't none of us immortal. So while I'm still alive, I got so much to look forward to. Addicted to the crap. Got no time to chat. Whoa. Just a little something to hold him over for his neck. Even when I gas, Whoa. I get it correct. Whoa. Question my work ethic, that's a question you don't ask. No, no, no. Don't ever question if I hustle, work a double. Drop a bomb on me, I climb right out the rubble. Not a struggle.